Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. long week <laughs> has but it's friday if that means anything to anyone these days where we yeah, are anyway all the days are the same very true yeah mm. well um i am excited because we're going to continue on with our element series uh and today's element is air sure is i'm very excited to delve into this yeah. one yeah yeah, well, so this is my, um, I'm an air sign, mm-hmm. um, yet I feel that it is something that I tend to resist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear all of the things that you've got to share today with everyone because I feel like there's going to be some, maybe some little epiphanies and some little light bulbs going off with what you're saying. I do hope so. I do. Yay. So with so, air, yeah, oh, there yeah, you go. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah, with the element of air, it does represent the mind, communication, wisdom, reasoning, logic, truth, clarity. Uh, so I guess I know with my daughters who are both air signs, they're very much, you know, thinkers and up in their heads a lot of the time and and that kind of thing. So I'm not sure if that resonates for all air signs, but I definitely see it within them. Mm, Yeah, I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker and a talker, but I don't talk unless I've thought. Mm, That's a good thing to do. (laughs) Because it's the clarity that I need. I need to obtain the clarity in my head and then I can clearly communicate it. Mm. Mm. I like that. And then also um, around the topic of air is breath. So, you know, exhaling, inhaling, letting go. um, So that's a really important element. And also another thing we will delve into is the different kinds of winds. So, um, and I think the main thing to think of is, like I think of when I think of wind, is the wind of change. Like winds do usher in change, whether that's a change of season or a change of temperature or energetically a change. So there's lots to delve into with this this element. Mm, Well, let's dive right on in and let's start with um, symbols. So what are the symbols that would be associated with air? For sure. So the uh, element symbol of air is a triangle with a line through the top section of it. So it's pretty easy. And the other symbols are feathers, wands and bells. Hmm. Hmm. And what about... um... Like what about swirls? Like spirals? Yeah. yeah. I, they could definitely be associated with air, I think, because a spiral, yeah, is associated with the cycles and seasons and change, so for sure. Mm. And a tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Because yeah. I, whenever I think of wind, that I, there's like you're talking about the different kinds of winds. There's different kinds of winds that I do not appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, my gosh. I love the swirl winds, and I don't like any other wind. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what about? Um. All right. Also, I was talking before about me being an air sign mm-hmm. as being a Gemini. Um. What are are the other air signs? The others are Libra and Aquarius. And I know we touched on last week in the water episode about Aquarius, even though it's an air sign, being the water bearer. Mm-hmm. And I did have a little bit of information. So my sister-in-law, Jamie Lee, um, got in touch with me and said that she'd heard of the perspective that Aquarius can scoop up the watery emotional energy and transmute it uh, with the qualities of air, such as communication and clarity. So I thought that was a really lovely... Love that. Yeah, a lovely analogy of what Aquarius means and, and why, even though it's an air sign, it's associated with water. So mm. it was beautiful, and that alchemy. Laura's an air sign. She is, yeah. She is. And most, of, um, most people that I get along with are Aquarians, yeah, well, I'm surrounded by Geminis and Aquarians. So a lot of my <laughs> best friends are Aquarius. My mum's an Aquarius. Um, yeah, I've got lots of them around me. Mm, communicators. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Aries and Geminis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Aries, Aquarius and Gemini. Um, too bad if you didn't want to talk today, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> okay, and so do how do like... I was thinking about this last week, but I thought maybe I was kind of going to wait till fire, but I won't because I want to ask now. Mm-hmm. But how do um, those, do you know much about like how those signs interact in terms of like, you know, how you were talking about the elements and how um, how different elements work with different elements? Do you think that different people work with different people because of the element that they are? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think for sure, but also there's a lot involved in it. Um, so it's not just your sun sign, which is your star sign. Uh, also, it would come back to your rising and your moon sign as well. I think, yeah, it, it makes a big difference because I know myself, um, you know, I've got, as I said, friends that are both Aquarius and they're so different, like so, mm. so different, but it's definitely about these other signs that come into play too. So I guess that goes for relationships as well, yeah, to look into yeah, those for different sure. aspects. Yeah. yeah, but traditionally both... I think you're meant to kind of get along with your own element pretty well mm. and then I'm pretty sure like water and air, you know, kind of get along great um, and I think air and earth and I think fire and air perhaps. I could be wrong but, yeah, I guess it makes sense like water and fire may not agree so much together perhaps mm, like polar opposites yeah they would probably um have good chemistry but they mm. probably wouldn't be very a good long-lasting relationship yeah yeah mm, that's interesting i'd it love to talk about that one day for sure um okay so um when i think about um magic and witchy witchcraft and spell work and things like that um and when you're talking about the symbols that represent air, like the feathers and the um, the wands and the bells and those beautiful things, I guess that's kind of how air comes into play with 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 magic. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, air you can't actually 
tangibly see it. So just using... catch it, like yeah. let's just go air catching. <laughs> Actually, I do bring that up later, but no, okay. But yeah, it's I guess it's one of those elements. Perhaps that's why. I've struggled myself in the past to build a relationship with it, even though it's ever-present, like it is the breath. It is around us more than anything really, I guess, um, yeah, but you can't actually see it. So I guess a lot of the time we ignore it unless it's a, a windy day or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's not tangible or like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I guess using things like feathers um, to represent that... Uh, is a way to bring it into the the visual aspect, especially on an altar. And so air, I would imagine, to the different types of magic that you would do would depend on different weather patterns. For sure, yep. So uh, like the different types of air, you know, you've got, as I said before, breath, breeze, hurricane, tornado, and these things work in relation to that specific type of air. So uh, like a breeze, it's usually light and gentle one that doesn't do too much damage and it doesn't really bother anyone and it's usually quite lovely to feel so a breeze can be used to remove negative energy from yourself or objects to send energy to loved ones you can also use breeze to send out prayers and intentions and wishes and so think about them being taken on the wind to the heavens or the gods or whatever your belief system is so um a nice analogy for that is when I did my sister circle training, our teacher got us to write down right at the start of the four days what we intended for that four days and we folded it up and went outside and she has these beautiful like dream catchers hanging from trees all through her witch's garden and we pegged them onto the dream catcher. So the idea was we were setting our intentions out with the element of air. Um, and the breeze would, would carry them. them away. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And at the end of the four mm. days, we went back into the garden and gathered them and reread them. And it was amazing. Yeah. How much came to pass just in that short time. So I love that. I know up at, um, up at the crystal castle, up at Mullumbimby, mm. they've got the tree that you hang your, your wishes on as well. And it is you just, beautiful. you just peg them. Yeah. I love that. Love it. So that's the same kind of, um, idea, I guess is, yeah, yeah, letting the breeze take them. Mm. I suppose you could use chimes as well, like wind chimes. Hang them. For sure. We've got, um, yeah, wind chimes also related to air, like musical instruments as well. So like flutes and pan pipes and I won't say recorder because they're probably the most annoying <laughs> instrument on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few funny TikToks recently of um, people learning recorder in lockdown and oh, it's hilarious. Oh, my gosh, that's one way to really piss off the neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the people that you're in lockdown with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you've got to have a bit of humour. You um, sure do. And so, like, I'm going, I'm thinking back to, like, um, the craft days and how, like, on thunderstorms and lightning mm. storms, when everything was, was happening, it was when we would conjure, you know, like yes. when, when I think of the word conjuring up as a witch, I think of a, like a pitch black, scary, thundery lightning storm. So where does that come into play? Yeah, for sure. So if you want to remove something with a more harsh and forceful approach, you would use a thunderstorm or a 
even better, a like lightning storm. So you, you can also capture these winds in a jar to use for later. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you can like pop the jar out there, you know, and intentionally capturing that energy, putting the lid on. And you can also use like a wind sock and then tie tie it off I'm, and, and I'm use just it thinking for later. About, I'm just thinking about my teenage boys doing cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's a type of wind. It is. <laughs> Not a very pleasant one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you capture um, the storm in your jar and, yeah, when you're ready to use it, you just, yeah, un- undo it and you can use that in your spell work to bring things about more, you know, with more speed and more force. But you do have to be careful how you use it. Um, there's also a common tale uh, of the past of witches who would sell sailors uh, like a rope that had three knots in it that they would have created during a storm and it's said to aid them on their voyage. So if they pulled the first knot undone, uh, if there was no wind, it would create a gentle breeze and if they pulled two knots, it would create a strong northerly wind but if they pulled the whole three knots, it could create a hurricane. So wow. that's a little bit of folklore for you about uh, witches' oh, I knots. That. Yeah. Ah. Cool. And so any other types of air and, and its magic? For sure. So there's also uh, bubbles, so blowing bubbles. Oh, yeah, and that's a really lovely thing to do with kids too. So you simply just, as you're blowing the bubble, breathing your intention into the bubble and then watching it float off into the ether. Uh, another thing you can do is if you're wanting to release something is release that into the bubble then watching it float away and disperse. So that's quite a... That's so playful. I love is. that. It is. It's beautiful and something that your kids really enjoy doing if they're having a bad day or if they're struggling with something, get them to do that. It's a really Bubbles beautiful. always make people happy. Oh, they're just shiny and beautiful and, mm. and apparently Whimsical. fairies love them. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that. And then another thing is dandelions. Like who hasn't mm. made a wish on a dandelion? That's so associated that. with air, I think. I did that like two or three days ago. Love it. It was a massive one. I looked down and I went, wow, look at you. You're like the biggest one I think I've ever seen. And then I sort of I was getting into the car and I stood at the door for a second thinking, oh, do I pick it and 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 make a wish or do I leave it because it's yeah. freaking amazing? And I was just like torn on whether I would do it or not. And then I went and I stuff it. Like I'm pretty sure it's there <laughs> because it wants me to make a really big wish. <laughs> the six year old Tracy came out to play. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. But like, I, it took me like four breaths to get it all off because it was so big. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Well, another thing is uh, feathers. So you can use feathers to fan your incense or your spells uh, and the magic around. And you can incorporate feathers into witches' ladders, which are, um, it's kind of, it's not magic, basically. We might touch on that in another episode. So yeah, you kind of weave your intentions into this braid and not work. So you can add feathers into that as well. That's cool. Mm. And then incense. So incense can be used as an offering to your ancestors and to open up communication with them. And incense such as frankincense can be used to cleanse your space or objects and raise the vibration of your space much like sage. And lavender incense, for instance, is great for dreams, peace and relaxation. So you would pick an incense blend to correspond with the intention of the energy you're trying to invoke or to using your spell work with that energy. 
That's cool. Yeah. I like I like air. I do too. And look, I really enjoyed putting this together because as I've said, it's it's an element that I have struggled with in the past, but yeah, I really loved delving right into it. And mm. and a lot of things I do are quite air-based, I've realized, which is cool. Yeah. So. Same. That's what I'm yeah. just like, maybe I don't resist it as much as I think I do. Same. Mm. <laughs> and then and wands. Then- so depending on the magical tradition, wands are often associated with air and you can use them to direct power, cut cords and focus your energy. And I think you're going to love this one, perfume. So perfume has been used for centuries in magical work. So you think about we use it to attract things into our life. So whether that's, um, you know, to lift your own mood and energy or whether you want to seduce someone, you use perfume. Always. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also use perfume, uh, you know, when you apply it in the morning of imagining a protective bubble around yourself or a protective mist. So it's a, another way to incorporate magic quite simply. Uh, some With some of my um, mentees, I do an exercise um, where I take them to their own funeral. Sounds a bit morbid, but we it's just an exercise where you go into that space where you become aware of the people that are there and what they what they feel about you now that you're gone. What 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 are they saying about you? What what are the words that they're using to describe you? And I have just when when I did that exercise, which was years ago, I can't remember. It might have been Zig Ziglar who who introduced it to me I can't remember who it was that I heard about it from a book or something and the first time that I did it the I'll not not, I kid you not I turned around and the first thing that happened at my funeral was I just got like smacked with just this fragrance that was like everyone showed up dousing themselves in perfume because they knew that that was something that I would do and like I I like to I like to I like people to know that Tracy's been here. Like it's yeah, like, not that Tracy's yeah. been here, but it's like, a, um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just a fragrance person. And I yeah. just, I turn around at my funeral and it's like, you can't make out what the scent is because it's everyone's <laughs> bottles of perfume just all joined together. It just smells like the perfume area of like Meyer or something. I love it. Like a perfume shop. Yeah. That's it's cool. just a, it's like, that's just my thing. Yeah. Just my thing. And, and I've never really related. thought about it with air. Yeah. 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 Never put the two and two together. That is very cool. And another thing too, in uh, ancient times, perfume, they would coat the breastplates of soldiers with the intention of protecting them and bringing no harm. So it is quite an ancient thing, perfume, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because it's Mother Nature. You know, perfume is is a gift of Mother Nature. So it makes sense that back in the day they would use what things Mother Nature provided so they would notice that certain smells would deter certain creatures Mm. or whatever and certain smells would lure certain creatures and... And I guess they bathed maybe once a fortnight, so perfume <laughs> would have been quite important back then. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I obviously had a lifetime or maybe a few as well at that space in time because I am petrified of smelling. Like, <laughs> I hate it. You know, I think I've mentioned it before maybe on Turns Out She's Psychic when if I walk past people, I hold my breath. Oh, really? Yeah, I've done it ever that. since I can remember. I just, I hold my breath and it's not a, it's just something I do yeah. because I don't want, I don't want to smell people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
because <laughs> it's such a strong um, scent sense for me like it's yeah. a very heightened sense and it's like it, it really just it triggers so many things inside of me just the slightest little smell so yeah. it's like nah I do not feel like smelling this person this person this person. <laughs> I'm just gonna hold my breath the whole way so random but I do it I just hold my breath it's Love weird it. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact <laughs> oh um, okay, so let's move on to crystals. Oh, do you love the crystals? So the associated crystals of air are topaz, citrine, jasper, agate, uh, amethyst, fluorite, mica, clear quartz, and amber. And clear quartz is an energizer, so it provides clarity and thinking and awareness. It's an excellent stone for meditation and connecting to your higher self and directing energies with more intensity. So it's a great one to use uh, in your spell work. And citrine is also an energizing stone that provides happiness, courage, hope and warmth. And it's said to hold the energy of the sun, enhancing our self-esteem, self-expression and creativity. So you can also use it for manifesting and prosperity spells. And I knew you love amber. I do. It's, yeah. Um, it's, I wear amber. It's the only crystal that I wear. So I've got it around my neck and I have my ring. I don't have one right now. Um, and I use clear quartz as well with my work. Beautiful. And they're both mm. air crystals. Oh, so. well. You are so turns air. Out I don't know who I am after all. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, well, that's cool. And it kind of feels like... Um, they all seem to be uh, like a similar colour. Yeah, but they're all kind of those clear... Uh, translucent. Yeah, translucent colours, yellows, like sunlight Orangey. kind of colours, yeah. Yeah, which we, you would think would maybe be more with fire. Mm. But I guess air and fire are quite aligned, really, when you think about it. They mm. work together and, and the sun is a big ball of fire. <laughs> <laughs> in their sky. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And so do you, um, when you do your Asher Moon crystal integrated into your work, which mm-hmm. is pretty much in nearly everything that you do. True. Um, do you consider the elements when you do that? I do, yes, especially with uh, creating different blessing bowls. I I work a lot with colour for sure with the glazes to try and invoke the different elements of whatever I'm working with. Uh, So, yeah, for instance, if there was a green mug, um, I do use clear quartz for a lot because I just I love it and I think it's quite a universal stone. You can't kind of go wrong with it. But I have been known to incorporate, um, yeah, like my green mugs, things like peridot or green moss agate and those kinds of earthy crystals. And the same goes for my more um, citrusy coloured mugs so like your oranges and yellows I will add citrine and sunstone and so yeah I've never really thought about it before just I I do Mm. yeah kind of line them up with each other I can feel an element series coming up I think so too Mm, (laughs) and I better get an air mug love it (laughs) watch this space guys (laughs) the next release (laughs) Um, okay, we're talking about colours then. So what's the, the colour associated with air and the magic and all that behind that? 
So the associated colours are yellow, gold, white, light blue and your pastel colours. So mm. I think the pastels are really aligned with, you know, those soft sunrises and sunsets and you know, those beautiful colours of the sky mm. and sunlight and, yeah. So pretty. It's beautiful. I love clouds. Cla- I was just about to say, do clouds come into it? Do clouds come into magic? Uh, they do, and I'm actually going to touch on later our elemental, and that touches on clouds. So, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I will bring that up then about clouds, but, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll just have to wait then. <laughs> Be patient. <laughs> Patience is not a virtue of an air sign. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so what about um, the plants and essential oils? So you have bergamot, lavender, peppermint, sage, dandelion, clover, frankincense, primrose, lemongrass, pine, yarrow, violets, vervain and myrrh. And when you think about those plants, like peppermint, peppermint, as soon as I think of peppermint, it's, it sharpens your mind. It makes you feel mm. awake and awake. aware and alert. Revitalised. Yeah. Like whether Just you don't sniff get it in the oil eye. or you drink the tea, it's, yeah, it's a really refreshing herb. So, mm. Mm. And, and sorry, go. No, that's all good. I was just going to touch on dandelions again. Do you know who didn't love blowing on dandelions when you're a kid so mm-hmm. yeah and so um when it comes to incorporating the plants and the essential oils into magic mm-hmm. um how do you do that we can use well depending on what you're making whether it's a spell jar or um, a wish jar you would incorporate that element to represent air like so for speed or to send out those wishes Um, I've even seen wish jars that actually use dandelions or little seeds in them Um, is that like planting the seed of that wish so yeah cute yeah I like that and I know a lot of clarity spells do have peppermint and and those elements in it too Mm. And so inside of that, because there were a lot of plants essential oils there when it yes. comes to air. So inside of that, um, would you, do you combine? So like if we were doing an air, like if we were doing a spell mm-hmm. or some magic work um, and it was a storm yeah. and it was an intense, it, is it, would you use like a particular specific plant or essential oil from the air associations or would you just could you use any of them like is is all are all air plants and essential oils the same and equal or are they different does that make sense it does I think it depends on your own intuition towards them uh like I the way I feel about peppermint someone might feel completely different um so I think that's with witchcraft is crafting your own craft and and tapping into these mm. different plants and elements and the, the, the spirit of the plant and, and how it interacts with you and how it makes you feel. So that's the beautiful thing about it. There's no real right or wrong way. Like these are kind of all guidelines, but, yeah, it's, it's ultimately up yeah. to you what you feel drawn to, to put into a spell. And I know there's so many spells out there, especially on Pinterest and things like that, but I seriously would only take them as a guideline. You don't have to specifically mm. use every single element 
of those. Because um, I suppose it would be determined by what's available and where. Like it would be environmental sure. as well. And so all witches would, would have their environmental yeah you know availability and that's why it's so varied yeah yeah and also you know the northern and southern hemisphere there's plants I guess because uh traditionally witchcraft is from the northern hemisphere it's there's so many plants we can't even get here and ingredients that we just don't have so you definitely have to interchange them and kind of sort them out for things we have here in our climate yeah okay that's fair enough makes sense yeah so what about the animals? So which animals are spiritually associated with the element of air? Well, the obvious one is birds. Birds. For sure. And also flying insects, spiders and bats. Oh. Yeah. Well, so- that's weird because I live across the road from one of only two flying fox colonies in the country. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Of course I do. Of course you do. You are so I should take some photos of them and put them up because they can be freaky looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like some of the spiritual meanings behind these creatures, um, like we've spoken about the eagle, the owl, the kookaburra and the magpie in our, was it Magic in the Mundane episode? I think it was. Mm. Uh, So this one I thought I would touch on the hawk. So it's associated with intelligence, spiritual awareness, clairvoyance adaptability and seeing things from a higher perspective and also about honing in on what you want. So you think about the hawk, how, you know, that hawk eye. Hawk eye. Yeah, yeah. And another um, beautiful one is the butterfly. So it symbolises change, transformation and rebirth. The spider, which I know a lot of people don't like spiders. They really don't faze me that much. I hate cockroaches more. But <laughs> the, uh, spiders are the dream weavers. So it's the spirit of creation, devoting yourself to your artistic or spiritual endeavours. And you think about their web, that interconnectedness. And oh, they're, they're quite amazing mm. creatures, really. They're very, they're very impressive, considering they build a new web again every night. Yeah. And they spin it out of their ass. They do. They make houses out of their butts. That's pretty clever. <laughs> and the bat, so death and rebirth, letting go and bringing in the new. But bats can also symbolise unrealised potential and the need to break bad habits. So they're a bit of a, I guess, that light and darkness to a bat. Mm. And, well, I guess that's why maybe they're, you know, featured in Not Halloween totally. and, you know, there's that kind of scary iconography. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, and the vampire association as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, they're the ones that um, I've touched on, but obviously there's, yeah, a lot out there. So And different birds, so many birds with all different spiritual meanings. Mm, yeah, of course. Do you know I saw a white pigeon yesterday? Did you? I did. Um and I looked up the meaning of it and I was a little bit confused because when I, I Googled white pigeon and it just kept coming up dove, when you've seen a dove oh, or a white okay. pigeon, and I'm like, a white pigeon's not a dove and a dove's not a white pigeon. They're two different things. It, Surely. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask someone that knows about like pigeons. <laughs> dove. <laughs> but they were kind of like merging them in as one and I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like I'd received the answer that I wanted to yeah, receive. Yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, so um, either way, it, it 
it was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like peace, aren't they? White, yeah, white peace dogs. and mercy and um, let you know that you're being guided and supported, Beautiful. which is lovely, by the light, which one would hope. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, so on to a question that always seems to be one of my favourite answers. So let's talk about the mythologies and the deities behind Yay. air. I love this part. I really do. <laughs> so traditionally air is seen as a masculine energy. So you think of the many stories across cultures about Father Sky and Father Sun. So many of the deities associated with the sky, wind and storms are gods, not goddesses. Uh, in Greek mythology, the anemoi were the four winds, each of them corresponding to the four cardinal directions. They were the children of Eos the goddess of dawn, and Aeolos, keeper of the winds. I'm doing pretty good with these pronunciations so far. <laughs> <laughs> so far. So the firstborn son was Boreas, the, the god of the north wind and the bringer of cold winter air. He's also said to have had a violent temper. The second son is Zephyrus or Zephyr and is the god of the west wind. He's the gentlest of the winds blowing in spring and the warmer weather. Then there is Notus, the god of the south wind, who is associated with the hot, desiccating winds of summer that blow in after the summer solstice. It is Notus that brings in late summer storms, destroying crops in his wake. And finally, there is Eurus, god of the east winds, who is believed to be responsible for the turbulent winds during storms at sea. So sailors would often try and appease Eurus to ensure a safe trip and would place protection charms on their ships to ward off ill will. And I thought I would touch on the mother of these four wind gods, Eos, the goddess of dawn. So Eos is the sister of Selene, who, as you may know, is the goddess of the moon, and Helios, who is the god of the sun. So every morning she opens the gates of the sky at dawn with her rosy fingers so that Helios can ride. She is the dawn. When dawn is visible, that means that Eos is present. She is a golden goddess who wears robes dyed gold, orange and crimson with saffron, the earth's most luxurious and expensive spice. Saffron is also known as an aphrodisiac and Eos is known to take many lovers. She's a free spirit Ooh. and very erotic. <laughs> so she's also known as the goddess of fertility and she I and... I why. <laughs> I know, right? She and Astraos are the parents of the winds. Many, um, many stars and the planet Venus. She can also be called on to assist with conception and romance. So Eos is a warrior goddess. She emerges at dawn to drive off nocturnal demons as they flee at her presence. You can also call on her to help banish malevolent nocturnal spirits. Eos manifests as a beautiful woman with wings. She is portrayed as flying across the sky of her own volition, powered by these wings, or driving a golden chariot pulled by winged horses. So that is Eos. Wow. That's a beautiful vision. It is. And just those colours of her gown, like that's like those beautiful sunsets and sunrises. The fire skies. Oh, they're the best, aren't they? I can't wait to see the picture you're going to put up on socials of Mm, her. Yeah, there were some great ones when I was doing my research. So, yeah, I was really, um, yeah, I really loved looking into her because... When I was a photographer, my camera was called an EOS, 
and I never, ah, I never knew that. Never put so, the two and two together. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. Mm. Very cool. Uh, and so, okay. So what about um, the associations? So the associated elementals. Elementals, are yes. Winged fairies, sprites, spirits, and sylphs. So they're all of What are the, they? Well, I thought I would go into sylphs because I hadn't really delved into it too much. Um, so the term sylph originates from the Swiss alchemist Paracelsus, who is one of the forefathers of modern medicine. So he lived from 1493 to 1541. And he was the one that classified these energetic beings in accordance with each element. So uh, gnomes with earth. Uh, undines with water, salamanders with fire, and sylphs with air. So he was the one that coined those terms, which I found really interesting. So Paracelsus described sylphs as invisible beings of the air. They resemble tall, graceful humans with one exception. They have large feathered wings that sprout from their backs. These wings are said to be two body lengths long, but fold up behind the sylph when they are on the ground. Their eyes are said to be large and shaped like a hawk, and their faces are sharp and angular. So sometimes they are depicted as cloud beings. As creatures of the air, the great wings of the sylph allow them to soar with the eagles. Sylphs are believed to be an offshoot branch of the she, a supernatural race of um, beings comparable to fairies and elves. They are also the winged rulers of the dream world, controllers of the weather, and the great birds of the mountains. So sylphs are responsible for the myths of angels, and the winged protectors of the Garden of Eden. They are also said to embody the extremes of nature, so they can be very unpredictable and intense. They defend the high peaks and wilderness of mountains that are their home. So, yeah, that's what a sylph is. And there's some really cool pictures online of people that have found um, images in the clouds that look like these beings, like with the, the big wings and, yeah, it's pretty cool. So... Very cool. They yeah. sound um, like in my mind, the the vision that I have sounds really intriguing and interesting mm. to look at, almost alien-like. Yeah, yeah, with the big eyes and yeah, yeah. and the like the out of proportion. Well, yeah. it's, to us, it's out of proportion, but to them, it's not obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and I found um, it interesting okay. that they may have sparked the mythology of um, angels. Well, like, angels, yeah, that visual of an angel with the big wings. So. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Very cool. And um, what if what if you're someone who kind of has a bit of a, like yourself, a kind of a bit of an aversion to air and working with air, um, how can our listeners get to know working with air? Like how, mm-hmm. how can they bring it into their ritual? So a good way to start is to get to know the weather patterns, like the wind patterns around your home and area. So understanding these have a direct effect on our weather systems and flowing on from there our magic so for me like where we live I think of like a southerly brings in that beautiful cool change on a hot day Um, we also get some really severe storms from the south as well and the west winds for us bring in warmth and sometimes middle of summer unbearable heat and then you have your nor'easters that bring in that refreshing cool air off the ocean but they also bring in blue bottles Uh, So, yeah, it's getting to know the direction of the wind. Um, 
I guess that comes back to us being surfers as well. We're always quite in tune with what way the wind's blowing to know if the surf's going to be any good or not. What the waves are doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to start, just um, getting to know. And you can also use wind to blow spells to their destination, blow things away or towards you. So you can use it in a variety of ways in your magical practices. Um, So, yeah, understanding those directions will help with that. One of the best ways to connect with the element of air is to use your own breath. And I know you are a massive advocate of this. So Mm -hmm. no matter where you are on the planet, you have access to your own breath. It's a powerful tool to focus on through breath work or meditation. And it's a great way to build um, and connect with that element in a conscious way. So, yeah, I know that's... um, yeah, beautiful, a beautiful way. And also building an altar. So add items that represent air for you, such as feathers, um, incense, a fan, bells, chimes, uh, the crystals we mentioned earlier, a wand, um, an air instrument if you have one, uh, images of things like dragonflies, butterflies, fairies and angels, all of those air beings. And you can also have an altar cloth in white, silver or blue to bring in those sky colours. So, yeah, there's many, many ways you can incorporate it, that's for sure. Fun. Um, okay, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, what if, like, do you, can you mix two of the elements together? On an altar? Like, not, no, 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 that, that sounded wrong. So, like, if you're trying to create a, um, a, like, if you're doing magic, mm-hmm. um, do you use your altar for magic, for starters? I do. Yes. You I do. do. Mm-hmm. So, when you, like, so one of my altars, like we, I was saying last week, has all of the elements on in that altar, like all they're all represented. Yeah. But if you're doing particular spell work and you're on your altar and you want to really just bring in the elements of air, do the other elements sort of step out or or, or are, are sometimes they included too? Like are there only like, because for me I kind of feel like I wouldn't be able to use just one. Like how yeah. do you just isolate? Well, I don't personally. Um, I'm not okay. sure about what other witches may do but for me personally uh in all of my spell work I definitely use all the elements I think it's Mm. balanced uh and even if it is a a spell that may require a bit more air like if it's uh sending something out or that kind of thing I think it's really important to still have those other elements because they all balance each other they all work together we're made up of all of them all of them so is the earth yeah. itself so i feel it's a it's a balanced way to do spell work but that's just my yeah. opinion yeah cuz i think about like i was thinking about a storm and that craft conjuring you know yeah. crazy spell work um oh, if you can hear that someone's just started up a machine of some kind next door so i apologize <laughs> for that noise <laughs> um I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, but in that element is fire because of the lightning, mm-hmm. is um, water because yeah. of the rain in the storm. It's like using all of the elements in, in that one, not just the air that is part of the storm that's swirling around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm. and that's a perfect example of all of the elements are actually, even though it's a air-based 
occurrence. It, yeah. It's combining everything. So all in one. Yeah. Very powerful. Um, it seriously sounds like someone's chopping down a tree. I can't hear it. <laughs> Okay, good. Okay, Okay, so speaking about um, rituals and like um, when you you always say, you know, like no two witches are the same and it's a very personal thing and it's it's done through practice and it's done through what works for you, Mm -hmm. we have a listener question. Beautiful. So Martina has written in. And her question is, hi, Shannon. So yesterday I completed my first ritual, manifesting a clear run for a new business startup. And energetically, the spell felt great. I am an intuitive reader. However, today I felt like I had the craziest hangover. I felt flat, hungry, and had little to no energy. Also a little anxious, but not knowing why. I do know that when I first started to give multiple readings and connections, I would get very drained. Is it possible to have a ritual hangover? And to that, I would say yes, for sure. So uh, I did actually, I have had some correspondence with Martina since we got this uh, message just to kind of check in with a few things because I, I kind of needed a bit more of a backstory. So one of the first things I asked her was, did she protect her energy, clear her space open circle and closed circle, uh, which she said she did. So that was awesome because that can be a really big drain. If you're not energetically prepared, uh, it can really knock you sideways. So I know I've experienced that before where I've literally had head rushes happen because I haven't done all the things, you know, leading up to doing a ritual. So, so she said she'd done that. And then I went on to check the lunar phase of when she had performed the ritual and she'd done this one on the day after that big uh, Aquarius full moon we just had last month. So for me, checking in and seeing that she'd done all of the, you know, correct protection work and energy work around doing her spell, I put it down to like a, a, a full moon hangover because full moons are a peak in energy. And I know myself, some moons I feel more than others, but um, that particular one, the Aquarius one, I was flattened after that as well. Like it was such a big peak of energy and I was really emotional. So I did put that um, back to Martina and said, like, do you think maybe it could have been this? And then in the days that followed, she said she was feeling back to herself and normal again. So she does think it it could have had something to do with the the phase of the moon. Um, Mm. Another thing with a manifestation spell, and once again, this comes back to your own personal preference and your own personal practice. Uh, But myself, I would do a manifesting spell on a uh, new moon because that energy is going to build from there rather than wane, if that makes sense. Because after a full moon, we have the waning of the energy, the waning of the moon um, going back to the dark moon. Um, But yeah, I guess, you know, there's that's personal preference and you can do manifesting spells any day of the week and at any time that's for sure yeah and that all makes sense yeah just the timing sometimes and and that's um like in my practice just with being a psychic medium um it's tweaking it as well like um sometimes you can get everything sort of bang on and there's just one element to what you're doing that's just sometimes causing more of an issue than what it normally would. Mm. Um, 
and sometimes it can be that time of the month or yeah. it can be what the moon's doing or it can be what the wind's doing. It can be kind of something that it, it's a bit of an anomaly or something that mm. you don't really um, think about when you're doing your spell work. But maybe, like, I mean, I don't do spells, but maybe ritual work and spell work, it's a matter of, um, like, just bringing people's awareness to considering those extra things that you mm. might not consider. Because um, I know, like, um, for myself, when I was younger and I used to do spell work, um, I don't really remember thinking about what the moon was doing or, you know, what the conditions were. Yeah. I just remember being so fixated on the result that I wanted, so I focused on making the spell the best that it could be. Mm. But I wasn't really being holistic with the with the whole situation of the spell. Yeah. <laughs> and, look, you don't have to be. Like, I know there's witches out there that um, don't work by the lunar cycles. There's witches that don't work by the wheel of the year, and that's perfectly fine. Like, it's personal preference and what you feel aligned with. So, uh but, yeah, I guess I was just putting it out there for Martina to see if she resonated, I guess, with that lunar energy. Um, and she has, you know, said that she's quite a sensitive, intuitive person. So I do feel that would have had an impact on her for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that for her to be asking the question, obviously it will resonate because you resonate with her for her to come to you for the advice. So it will probably resonate we get the answers that we seek. Yeah, that no, was lovely to hear from her and I was happy to help. So if anyone if anyone does have any questions, please send them in um, and we'll um, go through them as, as we have time to do so. For sure. Um, so is it Divine Tool of the Week time? It certainly is. What's the Tool of the Week? So because we're doing air this week, I thought I would bring up Bells. So, mm. yeah, because I'm not sure if, you know, anyone out there may not know the spiritual or the magical significance of bells. So the sound of a bell is deeply associated with the element of air. They're a great way to raise your energy, dispel negativity and cleanse a space or an object. So I have one on my altar and when I hold um, circle, I place that in the position of air. So since ancient times, bells have been used as a sacred tool. When a bell is struck, it releases vibrations filled with power that resonate through the atmosphere. So you think of church bells and when they ring church bells. Uh, so it's said that the loud, high-pitched sound of a bell is intolerable for evil spirits and will drive them away, while some positive spirits enjoy the sound of smaller and softer bells. So you think of fairies. They apparently love little soft bells because they're shiny Little and they chimes. sound pretty yeah yeah so in um wiccan rituals a bell is a feminine symbol representing the elements of air and the goddess so when struck at the beginning of a rite it is said to not only invoke invoke the goddess but also to drive away any negatively influences so at the end of a ritual a bell can be struck to disperse and clear away any built-up residual energy and you can use them like you would sage, so to cleanse your space or an item with sound. And witches' bells are a grouping of bells, usually tied together with other talismans such as protective symbols or objects like feathers and hagstones. And you can hang them either on your doorknob or off your doorframe so that when you open the door, they, they chime. And it's believed that they offer protection of the home from evil spirits and also cleanse the energy of anyone entering the home and crossing that threshold. 
and wind chimes can be used to clear energies around the home and property instead of bells. So get yourself some bells. They're a really lovely way to incorporate that air energy into your home or your rituals. Another thing to add to my front door collection. Absolutely. (laughs) And I've got my little bell here. That's my little one that I use on my altar, so it's very sweet. Dinner's ready. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a hotel, like, ring the bell to call the maid. And that's the thing, I guess. um, Well, this is a little tiny one, so it's got that high-pitched sound, but, you know, you can get those bigger bells that have more of a, a... deeper pitch so yeah um and also like you know bells are used in so many different cultures as well Mm. like um tibetan monks and um the the frequency of a like you know you just mentioned about how some not nice spirits don't seem to like the sound of the bells yeah um for me uh bells high high pitched chiming and bells sends my vibration through the roof and I can connect really quickly wow so quite often before I do a large event um I will listen to um like high high pitched sounding bells and chimes for quite a while before I go into my meditation wow I didn't know that that is cool yeah Mm -hmm. And so on days where I'm feeling a little bit flat and I'm working, the music that I will select for my room that day to have on in the background will always be bells and chimes. Yeah. I love Mm, that. I really love them. And that air element again, Tracy. I was going to say, it turns (laughs) out after doing this episode that I'm actually much more aligned with my air element than I ever gave myself credit for. I love that. I love that we've discovered that. That's great. Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for another very informative episode um, and self-awareness episode for me. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And next week we've got the last element of fire. We sure do. We sure do. I can't wait to get into that one (laughs) because I know that you've had a lot of um, issues with that element. So I have. That's been a big one, hence why I've left it till last. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite, you're not so favourite. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.